Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Reach Life Church in Asheville, North Carolina. Our mission is changing life by making, growing, and unleashing gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. For more information, resources, or to connect with us online, visit www.reachlifechurch.org. Good morning, everybody. Everybody feeling refreshed? I mean, I was surprised. The sunshine came out today. It's going to be like 70 degrees. I'm like, James, it's going to be me and you. It's just going to be me and you in here. Everybody's going to be hiking or whatever. But uh, anyway. Hey, um, how many of you are familiar with J.R.R. Tolkien's books, Lord of the Rings? Maybe the movies? Movies, more, more so the movies. Um, if I want to get into a good long story... I watch a movie. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm more of a, of a nonfiction reader, but the, the first of those books, the first of the movies, rather, was uh, The Fellowship of the Ring. You guys remember that? The Fellowship of the Ring. And it was about this um, really unusual group of, I, I started to say people, but I guess some up there are like elves and a dwarf and a, like whatever. I don't know if they're all people. Are, are, are dwarves people? Elves people? I, I don't know. These, these, these beings, these creatures, were all different, and they were all kind of thrown together um, for a singular task. It was a, a, a righteous, very difficult, very re- deeply rewarding uh, sort of a quest that they went on. And they were all different from one another. They weren't even all the same species or whatever. But during their quest, their differences weren't kind of discarded, they were embraced and used to, to accomplish their goal. Um, it was an amazing thing. It was a goal that was bigger than any of them were individually. And so they, they began during this quest to live not for themselves, but for one another, and ultimately for the sake of the quest of finding this, this particular ring. And their, their lives like this, not living for themselves... But living for one another and for the quest is why they were called a fellowship of the ring. So, so check it out. They weren't like the, the ring club, right? They weren't like team ring or, or anything like that, the committee of the ring. No, they were the, the fellowship of the ring. And uh, with, with Tolkien being a, a devout Christian, there was no surprise that he used that language of fellowship, um, we see that in the Bible, the local church is also referred to as a fellowship. When we started this series, which number is this in the series, James? Like four, three? Um, we read in Acts chapter 2 where um, the church is described as, it says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and, and prayers. They, it wasn't fellow, we think of fellowship as we're going to eat and laugh and hang out together and we are fellowshipping. No, a fellowship does those things, but they were dedicated to the fellowship. The fellowship was the local gathering of the body of Jesus, the church. Um, and that in Acts chapter 2 was the beginning of the church. So we're, yeah, in this third part of a series called the church. So we've kind of looked at the church itself. We've looked at church leadership. What should that look like? What are the qualifications of those things? We've been discussing them in missional communities. And now today, we're going to explore what it means to actually be the local church. Church is not something you go to. The church is something that you are and that you are a part of. So that's what we're going to talk about today. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3. And we'll get there here in just a little bit. 
um, the key word in our discussion today um, is the word covenant. If you're a note taker, I'm a big fan of, of yours. I, I, I'm a note taker. Uh, I encourage you to take notes. The key word today in our discussion about the church is covenant. You'll see the definition um, that I've put up there. A lot more could be said about covenant, but at its essence, a covenant is a solemn, binding, and sealed commitment. It's a solemn commitment because, man, it's a serious thing. It's a sober thing. It's not to be done lightly. You don't make a covenant lightly. It's binding in that everybody who enters into the covenant is submitting to the agreements uh, of the covenant, the terms of the covenant. And it's sealed because it's more than just a contract. A covenant's not a contract. A contract can be broken. A covenant is sealed. And as a church, we are a gospel-centered church, right? So, And the gospel itself, what James talked about earlier, the good news about Jesus, that, that we, the good news is predicated on bad news. You got to understand the bad news first. The bad news is we are rebels to God in our hearts by nature. The great news is, is that God has provided the solution for that, that he offers to give us a new heart. He offers that Jesus take our penalty by what he did on the cross. That's great news. And what Jesus did for us is offer us to be in a covenant relationship with, with God. And we celebrate that and remember that each week when we partake of the Lord's Supper. We take bread and juice to remember Jesus' body and Jesus' blood broken and given for our sins. Jesus says, a new, when he met with the disciples for what we call the Lord's Supper now, he said, a new covenant I give to you. It's a new covenant, he says, written in my blood. God is a covenant-making God. He makes a covenant with his people, and he offers us to make a covenant with one another. So in Colossians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul um, is writing some directions to people who are in this new covenant. And what would it look like for us to live under a covenant and in covenant with one another? And he says this, beginning in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth, for you have died. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We've been singing about that this morning, right? Here's what it looks like to live in covenant with one another. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you. Sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these things, the wrath of God is coming. In these you too once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here, here in this fellowship he's talking about, there is not Greek and Jew. Circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, free. But Christ is all and in all. Notice what Paul says here. The covenant's not a self-centered thing. It's, it's a giving up of our old sinful self. 
we're yielding to the Holy Spirit of God as he creates in us and, and builds in us and, and uh, reveals in us this new creation he's made uh, within us. And so we're not living according to our old sinful selves, and we're living for one another. Ultimately, we're living for Christ. Paul says Christ is all. Christ is in all. So in the few short years that Reach Life Church has kind of been gathering on Sundays, um, you may have heard uh, some themes come out in our preaching, in our singing, in our communication with one another. Um, we haven't like said, hey, these are the things we're going to talk about all the time. But if you've been here for a while, you've seen there are certain things, certain, certain themes that we talk about. And I kind of wrote down four of them today. One of the things that we always talk about is that Jesus is who he says he is in the Bible. That's part of what defines our covenant family. We believe that Jesus is who he says he is in the Bible. And we've talked about that this morning. That's that God the Son, God is a triune being, Father, Son, and Spirit. God the Son remained 100% God, added 100% humanity to his divinity so that he could come and die on 100% uh, for 100% of human beings, <laughs> right? Um, and that's applied to us, that grace is applied to us when we put 100% of our faith and trust in him. We've talked about that because Jesus is God, Jesus deserves to be Lord of our individual lives. That's what Paul was talking about here in Colossians chapter 3. So when God brings a sin into my mind or makes me aware of a sin that's in my mind or in my heart, my, my default setting is I agree with God. Even if I don't know about that sin ahead of time, once it's revealed to me, I already know that I agree with God. My, my response to the Lord when he convicts me is to bow to him. Because he's right and I'm not. He's God, I'm not. He's the creator, I'm the creature, right? Uh, and so we help one another live out those things together. When we talk about reach life, we, our, what's our mission statement? It's to to change life by making, growing, and unleashing gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. When we talk about changing life, we're talking about helping people reach life in Jesus Christ. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about this new life with a new uh, power to love and please God. And so because Jesus has given us that, Jesus has created us to be the church, guess who he's king of? The church. Not just us individually, but the church also, and then we talk about Jesus has called all Christians to be his ambassadors to the world. We are to spread the good news. Those are the rhythm, rhythms. Those are the common themes you'll hear us talk about all the time. And so the question is, what would it look like for a group of people who are committed to these things individually? We believe Jesus is who he says he is in the Bible. We believe that he is the Lord of our lives. He gives us uh, graciously gives us new life and clarity and forgiveness and wholeness when he brings us into relationship with he and the Father and the Spirit. And so what would it look like for each of us individually when we rub shoulders and souls with each other? How do we help one another live according to those things? That's what we're talking about this morning. That's what it means to be a covenant. Um, we can read about that in the the rest of chapter 3, let's read actually 12 through 17, where Paul, maybe the greatest church planter of all time, wrote to one of the early churches that he was overseeing at the time. And here's what he says. Pick up with me in, in uh, verse 12. And so, those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, 
Put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. And beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you, with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This text is what it's supposed to feel like and be like when we are the church together. If you want to go home and study on yourself, uh, study for yourself, what it looks like, what, what should my life within the body of reach life look like, or if you're a member of another church or whatever, what should your life individually and your lives together as a church look like? Read Colossians that we just read, okay? Begin, especially verse 12 through 17 there. Paul's talking about what it looks like when Jesus is king of our thoughts, when Jesus is king of our deeds among each other, even when Jesus is king of our motives for doing those deeds. That's what, this is what it looks like. Uh, theologian and pastor John Piper had a commentary on this passage, and he says this, Once we boasted in our culture and our intellect like the Greeks, but now Christ is all. Once we gloried in our tradition and our religious rigor like the Jews, but now Christ is all. Once we got our strokes because of our ethnic pedigree, but now Christ is all. Once we reveled in not being like the barbarians and the shabby Scythians, but now Christ is all. Once we struggled to find our significance and our happiness and our security in what we were in relation to other people, we're Jews, we're Greeks, we're American, we're rich, we're smart, we're strong, we're pretty, we're witty, we're cool. But then we sloughed off that old self. We put on the new self. And the core essence of the new self is that Christ is all. That's what the church looks like. Uh, so God is and has been leading us to be this kind of individuals, to be this kind of fellowship together, that Christ is all. He's bigger than any of us individually, and he's bigger than all of us put together. Jesus is all. Jesus is what our fellowship is about. So he's called us then to make a solemn, binding, sealed covenant together. And it's a reflection of God's solemn, binding, and sealed covenant with us in the gospel. So you might be sitting out there asking yourself, well, why are we a covenant family though? Like why does it have to be all official and formal? And what, what's, what's up with that? Um, well, biblically speaking, I'll tell you that the church uh, is described as having uh, set apart leaders and set apart, uh, those are elders, set apart servants, those are deacons. The church is described as having a number by which they counted one another. They were officially taking care of certain widows and orphans. All of those things imply or require that you're in official 
capacity with one another. And if you want to hear more about that, the first couple sermons in this series talk more about that. But let's just talk about it on a real practical level. It needs to be official and covenantal for the same reasons that marriage is. Stop and think about that for just a minute. Um, the main reason that churches should covenant with one another is so they, should, they can know what they are, that they are there for one another. We need to know. Who can I count on? Who can you count on? We need to know. Um, we need to know who's in for the thick times and in for the thin times. A possible reason that we feel maybe that um, covenant's not necessary is you may be in here and have um, a mis a malformed view of what membership or covenant looks like, maybe because of, of past experiences that you've had. Um, maybe in a church, church membership was used to, as like a control mechanism for people to, to oppress people. Um, you may have the idea that, you know, I, I really, as a Christian, I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus, and really all I need is, is me and God. I mean, the Bible tells me that the Spirit of God lives within me, and so it really... Um, all I need is me and God. And besides, you know, I like to be able to serve in different church bodies and, and like to help wherever, wherever I can, whenever I can. Um, maybe you think uh, covenanting together is unnecessary because you know in your heart you're already committed, right? Like, I, I, I love these people, right? Like, I, why would I need to, to have some sort of covenant together? And, and, and lastly, maybe um, maybe the idea of covenanting together sits weirdly with you because you've been hurt by the church. You, you've, you've committed to a family of believers before, um, and they, they didn't treat you the way that Jesus would have them treat you. Um, unfortunately, that's a reality in where we live. Um, so, But do any of these thoughts sound familiar to you? They are, they are uh, some of the same reasons people choose not to enter to another, another covenant, the covenant of marriage. Uh, I mean, think about this. Marriage, you know, is just an institution by the patriarchy looking to oppress me, right? <laughs> just trying to keep me down. And I, or, or if you're the guy, I, I don't need a woman telling me what to do, all right? I don't need a husband or a wife, you know, besides, you know, I like to be able to see what's out there. I like to be able to move around and... and um, and, and play the field a little bit. Uh, I don't need to be tied down. And I need to be able to get out if things get wacky. You know what I mean? If, if they go crazy, then I'm out. And so uh, I'm not, I'm not, I, don't need, I don't need to get married. Um, maybe, you know, people, some people don't get married. You know, we really, we don't need to make it all official. We both know, we both know we're not going anywhere. We're in. Like, we're committed. You know, I didn't, I, I mentioned this to James. I didn't plan on saying it. This is always bad at golf script, but... Uh, <laughs> If you grew up in Oakley like I did, how many of you remember a, a, a country group called the Georgia Satellites? Anybody remember Georgia Satellites? A few of you, my, my, my country brothers. Uh, they had this song called Keep Your Hands to Yourself. And the guy in the song says, Honey, I'll live with you for the rest of my life. And she says, There'll be no hugging and no kissing until you make me your wife. Right? So he's, listen, why is it that we're willing, I will be committed in every way, I'll be here, I'll live with you for as long. Man, we can have kids, we can pay bills together. Why is it then, if you're so committed, that I just, that whole, that whole marriage thing, I don't need that. If it's not a big deal, why is it a big deal? 
<laughs> you know what I mean? If it's not a big deal, why is it a big deal? Um, so I, I, let me, let me, uh, I'll just keep it a whole stack. We have commitment issues. We do. We have commitment issues. Um, again, man, if you've had uh, bad experiences with churches in the past, man, I pray that the Lord will heal and um, uh, redeem those churches that have mis- mistreated you. It's a shame. Um, but getting food poisoning one time maybe in your life is, hasn't stopped you from eating, has it? I mean, you can't stop eating because you will die, right? Right? It will maybe stop you from eating in certain restaurants. That's good, right? Maybe certain kinds of food even. Not, mm-mm, that doesn't sit well with, with, with my, my digestive system, right? Uh, but it doesn't stop you from eating. Um, you may not realize it, um, but you need the church like you need food. God has designed your body to, to work with food like you kind of need it. You're not going to make it without it. And I'm telling you, God has designed your soul to need his people, the church. That's just how the design is. Um, now choose wisely in, in the church that you covenant with, but I, I would encourage you not to let past hurts keep you from something that's vital for your spiritual life. Don't let it um, make you stop eating, right, spiritually. Don't let it keep you away from the church of Jesus. Um, again, um, it's, it's just a, it's a, it's a lot like, like marriage. Um, you know, when um, I think the reason that all of those excuses come down with marriage, ultimately it comes down to, I, for whatever reason, I want to be able to hedge my bets. You know, I'm dating somebody, I've been dating for eight years or whatever, and, and you know, somebody may, may ask you, when are you going to make, if you're a guy, when are you going to make her an honest woman? You know, uh, it comes down to usually uh, you're, you're wanting to hedge your bets a little bit. If I need to get out of here, I'm out of here, right? Um, the church of Jesus Christ, his body, this local expression of the church is not a place for people to be hedging their bets. It's not that kind of place. That's not what a fellowship is. That's not what a covenant is. Um, We need to know um, that we can count on each other. We need to know who we're responsible to and who we're responsible for, right? And uh, so let me just encourage you, don't, uh, don't date the church. She's designed for a covenant. You are designed for a covenant with her. Uh, so remember that, our, again, our mission is to change life by making, growing, and unleashing gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. Listen, real, real, lasting life change happens through a gospel-centered covenant family. That's where real life change happens, right? You can try to, to grip onto life as hard as you can and do the best you can, but there is nothing like being in a gospel-centered family, and not just a gospel-centered uh, loose collection of family in Christ Jesus, but a covenant family where you says, hey, I'm in. Are you in? I need you. And it's weird how Jesus does it, but you need me too. Let's covenant together. I know you're in. You know I'm in. Let, let's get at it. Let's get after this thing. And then the Lord uses us 
to change one another. Um, again, this flows out of Jesus' covenant with us, what we call the gospel. Pastor Matt Chandler wrote a wonderful article just this past week. Um, there's, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it to you, uh, an excerpt from it. There's a big word in here, ecclesiological. It just means having to do with the church, okay? Sometimes Chandler will throw out a big word. All good. But here we go. He says, if you view church as some sort of ecclesiological buffet, again, that's like a church buffet, then you severely limit the likelihood of your growing into maturity. Growth into godliness can hurt. For instance, as I interact with others in my own local body, my own slothfulness in zeal is exposed. As is my lack of patience, my prayerlessness, and my hesitancy to associate with the lowly. Yet this interaction also gives me the opportunity to be lovingly confronted by brothers and sisters who are in the trenches with me, as well as a safe place to confess and repent. But when church is just a place you attend without ever joining, like an ecclesiological buffet, you, mu- you just might consider whether you're always leaving whenever your heart begins to be exposed by the Spirit. And the real work is beginning to happen. What's the bottom line, Chandler asks. Local church membership is a question of biblical obedience, not personal preference. So as you might imagine, being in, a, in covenant with a local body of believers can be a really powerful thing. It, it will literally change your life. If, if we were, you guys, I uh, hope many of you were here for the times of testimony that we had um, several weeks ago, we had like a month of testimonies. We talked about how God has used, um, obviously, His grace in our lives, but in particular, all of us would say that God has used His grace through one another as Reach Life Church in our lives. And it's a really powerful thing. If you've been part of this covenant family, you know. You know what it's like to have somebody who says, listen, I'm not going anywhere. I'm in. You know what it's like for somebody to link arms with you. And sometimes, hey, listen, um, you're going to have to drag me through this thing because I'm not doing well. But, but, but when I'm able, I'm willing to, to help drag you too, right? Uh, that's, it's a powerful thing. The Lord uh, would have us to know that we can lean on each other, to know um, that our relationship is bigger than ourselves individually. And it's bigger than we are together. Uh, because the new covenant in Christ Jesus that he offers us is a formal thing, then our covenant with one another is a formal thing. Okay, so that's kind of why. What would it look like then for us to be in covenant together? Um, we haven't talked about these things since maybe, I, bet, I guess it's been a couple of years, um, but we have identified, and, and most churches have identified, that the Christian life consists of three, that's six, three uh, basic rhythms, um, and those we call them up, in, and out. So other churches call them different things, but our covenant family is centered on helping us grow in these areas of up, in, and out. Um, I'll just talk about them real briefly. The, the goal in helping us as covenant family grow and live out the up area like is, is this, that we can, we can know God more, that we can love God more that we can walk in better fellowship with the Lord himself. 
And so what that looks like is we create an environment in here on Sundays where we point you to the gospel and to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. When we meet in MCs together, we point you to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. When we have conversations with one another, we point one another to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. We are constantly pushing ourselves and one another upward to get our eyes off of um, uh, things that they shouldn't be, the things that are below that, that Paul mentioned earlier, but the things that are above, we try to point people to Jesus. Now, a barrier to that. Um, is your own convenience, <laughs> right? It's not very convenient for me to not think about myself. I, myself is the most convenient thing for me to think about. And so we, we would offer you to point people to Jesus and allow people as ministers to one another to point you to Jesus. We will help one another grow in this area. We will help one another um, grow as fellow covenant Members, So we believe, listen, um, when we have to use that word one another, we believe that not everybody's called to be a pastor. That's true. But if you are a disciple of Jesus, hear me real clearly, you are called to be a minister. You are. Legit, you are. Have you ever thought of yourself as a minister? Jesus says you're two things if, you're, if he's your savior. You're a saint and you're a minister. And so we minister to one another. We help one another grow in that area. The end part is something I think that we do particularly well, actually, here as Reach Life Church. We want to create an inviting and gospel-centered spiritual family. It's not the frozen chosen or our four and no more. No, we, we invite people in, right? It's an inviting, like we're close-knit, gospel-centered. We're going to push everybody toward Jesus, and we're going to link arms around each other, and everybody huddle up. All right, break, and I'm running the football this way. You got my, you got my block right here, and maybe I'm going to audible and throw a pass. You're going to catch the pass? Like it's a team. Life is a team sport. You guys realize this? It's a team sport. And so this end thing is about us being a team, a gospel-centered family. Uh, so as brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow members uh, of the covenant, we will help one another grow in doing in together very well. And the third one is out. We want to be um, a reconciling. That is, we want to, uh, you know what it, what it means when you reconcile your, your bank account? Nope, nobody does. Mm -mm. That's, a, that's a series we need to do maybe at some point to talk about it. Uh, but uh, reconciling means you make things right. Right, I'm accounting my debts, and I'm accounting what I have to pay for those debts, and hopefully it doesn't turn out with a negative beside it, right? It turn, come into the red. Reconciling means that Jesus has reconciled our account with the Father. We got all this debt, and His grace is more than sufficient to pay for that. That's reconciling, right? We want to take that reconciling me uh, message to all of our spheres of influence, people on your team, people at your job, people uh, that you... Uh, know from the dog park, whatever it is, right? Wherever you are, that's, those people are souls that God has put in your life. And so we want to help each other grow in this area of mission together. Uh, we want to overcome boundaries like comfort and uh, consumerism where we're, we don't want to be net takers, we want to be net givers, right? Um, so that's how we'll help one another in those areas of up, in, and out. And that's what it looks like. Um, so we need to know our resources, our time commitments, um, our efforts as a, as a community 
as a fellowship need to be geared toward those things and primarily, hear me, toward helping other people who are committed and covenanted to do those things. You realize we don't have unlimited time? How many has, anybody have unlimited time? We don't have unlimited resources. Anybody have unlimited resources? We don't have unlimited people, right? And so we need to say, Lord Jesus, okay, you have called us into this local family. You have given us this up in out, like these rhythms to live in. How do we best allocate ourselves? Who are we responsible for? We can't just like buckshot things out there and, and hope that the gospel sticks somewhere. No, Jesus says be intentional. Be like a laser, man, right? And so we want to be effective and practical in how we do things. And so that demands that we covenant with one another. Or again, I'll tell you our mission is to make, grow, and unleash gospel-centered disciples of Jesus. We want to help you grow into vibrant and powerful ministers to one another. We want to unleash you to be vibrant and powerful ministers to one another and to the world around us. That's who we're, what we're responsible to do. We just need to know who we're responsible to and what we're responsible for. Um, so covenant helps us know all of those things. We are really, truly, truly, as Reach Life Church, if you want to know what we're about, we're about the gospel, the good news about Jesus being worked out in our lives together and helping other people come to know Jesus. If, if somebody says, hey, uh, I hear that you're, you're part of Reach Life Church, what are you guys all about? That's what we're all about. That's it. That's it. And because Jesus is worthy, this means our mindset is one of all hands on deck. All hands on deck. That's what it means for all of us to be ministers. This is what being the church looks like. And it's a great privilege for us to have all hands on deck. It's God's grace to us. It's for our absolute good that it takes for all of us. It's for His absolute glory that He has designed for all of us to participate. I'll never forget when I was in Bible college, uh, one of my professors, Mark uh, Honeycutt, had this to say. He said, it takes all God's people to do all God's work. I sit out in class, I thought, man, that is the best thing I've ever heard. It's so true. I mean, think about this. God has called you to himself, saved you, I hope. If you don't know Jesus yet, we'd love to talk to you more about that. Um, but if God has, has called you to himself, he has uniquely given you spiritual gifts as he wills that you did not ask for. On purpose. And now he has called you into this fellowship, this covenant, on purpose. Do, do the math to use that giftedness that he gave you in this fellowship on purpose. So check it out then. Since God doesn't do anything by mistake, he does all things on purpose. If, there's, if you're here and he has gifted you and you're not serving in the capacity by which he's given you, something that God wants to be done in this church family is not getting done. That's math, right? Because God doesn't do anything by mistake. You're not here by mistake. You have not covenanted by mistake. You certainly were not gifted by mistake. So it's all hands on deck, and that's God's grace to us. Because if it were just about um, the pastors or the MC leaders or, or the child care work, if it was just about like one of us or a group of us, we would be fooled into thinking that it really was about us. right? If, if, one of, if, if, if I had all the giftings, I'm a sinner. As a sinner with all the giftings, guess what I begin to think? It's about me, man. Nope. It's about Jesus. 
It's about Jesus. And so it's God's grace to us, man, that we get to love one another. We get to serve one another. And listen, Reach Life Church may not be the church for you. That is totally fine. Literally. It is really okay if this is not the church for you. But I'm telling you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you must find a biblically rooted, gospel-centered family of Jesus, that, that the, a local church that you can dig in with, that you can serve with, that you can love with, that you can hurt with, that you can be part of the successes and the messes together with one another. Right? you got to do that. Your, your soul is healthiest when it's operating in that. The Lord is most pleased when you're operating in that. Um, but here in our church, man, um, again, if you've been around, God is legit changing lives. God is legit working, man. He's working in me. And um, just, just spend time around some folks, particularly folks, uh, maybe go to an MC where we kind of get real with each other. God's doing some work here. God's changing lives. And praise the Lord, then, he, gets to, uh, he allows us to participate. That's craziness. That's a blessing. So we would encourage you to consider that. If, if you're a, a member of Reach Life Church, man, we need you. Um, we uh, covenant to be in the trenches with one another. We covenant to help one another live out the gospel together. Just in short, uh, Reach Life Church is not a cruise ship. A cruise ship, you know, you're a passenger and you receive certain comforts and benefits, right? Reach Life Church is a battleship where we covenant together. And we take very seriously Jesus' words when he said, that the gates of hell itself will not prevail against his church. Take it seriously. We believe that Jesus really is Lord. We really believe that there's work to be done. We really believe it's a privilege that God has invited us to do that together. Um, so that's what it means to be in covenant with Reach Life Church. What are the main takeaways uh, for today? Maybe if you're just here visiting, man, welcome. We love you. Um, Jesus legit loves you. Um, I think he brought you here today to be encouraged as to, to see what his family could look like. We're not, we don't do things perfectly. Again, if you've been around, you know that. Uh, if you've been around me long enough, you know it at least, right? Um, we don't do things perfectly, but we know what Jesus has called us to do, and by his grace, we will strive together to do that. And so if you're just visiting, man, we would ask that you would pray that God's hand continue to be on us, um, that God um, uh, help us to live out the gospel together. If you're a follower of Jesus here, and maybe you've been investigating Reach Life for a little while, um, now you know what we're all about. This is who we are. And uh, we would ask that um, maybe if you're not covenanted with a church family somewhere, consider Reach Life if this is the kind of uh, covenant that you'd like to be in. We could talk about that more later. Um, if you are a covenant member with Reach Life Church, praise God for you, man. Praise the Lord for you. Um, it's an honor to link lives and souls together uh, for Jesus. Uh, man, I love uh, being on Team Jesus with you. You realize around here, we're not about the, the name of ourselves that's on the back of the jersey. We're about Jesus is on the front of the jersey, Right? I'm just glad to be on, on his, his team. I'm glad that he's covenanted with me and we can covenant with one another. Um, so we're going to have, uh, when we have a time of response here in just a minute, 
Um, I would encourage you, if you're a covenant member of Reach Life Church, man, thank God uh, with me for this church. I love this church family, man. Uh, you guys mean the world to me uh, and, and my wife. Uh, we're blessed. Um, so um, here, here's the thing to do during this time of commitment. If you're a visitor and you don't know Jesus, maybe one of the reasons you don't know Jesus is because the church has hurt you in the past. A lot of people like that. I would, I would urge you during this time of prayer to think about Jesus himself. What does Jesus say? Jesus says he loves you. Jesus also never leaves. Jesus never forsakes. He's always faithful, right? And so when people who claim to be Jesus' followers don't act a lot like Jesus, just remember that hospitals are for sick people. This is a spiritual hospital, right? We all are sinners, but we know who the Savior is. Um, so I would encourage you to consider Jesus. If you've been investigating Reach Life for a while, we would encourage you to continue to do that. Um, we uh, would love to talk with you more if you want to know more about our church. Um, if you're a covenant member of Jesus, uh, well, with Jesus and of, of this church, spend this time maybe, again, thanking God for this church, praying for our church. And maybe asking the Spirit of the Lord to, to kind of stir you up to say, okay, I, I kind of did that covenant thing with the church, but maybe there's some areas in your life where living in covenant could be a little more vibrant, uh, where the Lord would have you bless others uh, in this family and have you be blessed by them, right?